Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. What's up? Nothing much. (laughs) (laughs) You're firing on all cylinders today, Nat. Yeah, it's not as 6.30 in the morning today. Oh, shit, it's not. Yeah, that's right. So how does it feel? How does it feel to have, like, a wake brain? Uh, Well, I still got up at the, like, same amount of time before this podcast, but Mm. (laughs) no, I don't know. I slept in until... I slept until 7.30. Oh, wow. I know. That's like, rare. that's basically my weekend sleeping time. Yeah, we don't sleep in yeah. much past 8 anymore because <laughs> we're super lame and go to bed at, like, 10. But I love it. <laughs> bed at 10 is the best. It's at that age, really. <laughs> Unless there's something Man. amazing going on after 10, there's yeah much reason for me to be awake maybe 11 but yeah sleep until like maybe eight the latest on the weekend and so today's kind of like weekendish. yay yeah Mm -hmm. that should feel good for you yeah and you sound not too terrible for having still a mutant in your body take over oh i thank you thank you yes (laughs) i do my best i do my best little slime monster crawling through you oh god last night was a rough night I don't know why. Like, why Why is it that, like, the sleeping position um, just, like, tickles your throat so much more than, like, the sitting position? What is it? Oh, it's just the way your sinuses drain, I think. Oh, man. And then you do the side to side. If you lay on one side, one nostril gets plugged, and then you go to the other side. Did you hit the neti pot? Oh, no, I haven't whipped that oh, thing out shit. in years. Whip it out. All right, all right. Like, yeah, don't do what I do, did and just put tap water in it. You'll... Screw yourself more. <laughs> and do the boil the water, put a little bit of the yes. salt in. Yeah. And honestly, it'll change your life. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good idea. Okay, I'll do that today. But yeah, last night it was just so I taught a class yesterday. Uh, I lost my voice on I think it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then um after that I'm just like, Oh, it's coming, it's coming. So I took the rest of the week off and uh the voice came back clearly, but it it like I don't know. It's like itchy and not fully mm-hmm. there and like maximum volume. Like I'm a pretty loud person. My maximum volume has decreased a lot. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, clearly my brain isn't here. Oh, so I started taking all these things, right? Like I'm on echinacea. I take like vitamin C packet thingies. Um, uh, what else do I take? Oh, and then the probiotic after the antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just like a lot. I'm I'm not used to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, last night was a rough night, but it'll get better. I'm already better. Yeah. And oh, that's what I was saying. La- yesterday I taught and um, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough on the vocal cords to teach. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> it took me a long time because I'm a way more quiet person. I'd rather listen than talk, <laughs> but it took me a long time just to get used to teaching like one class, two classes a day, like energetically mm, pushing yeah. my voice out. Yes. <sighs> yes. A lot. Yes. Um, well, I was thinking, oh yeah. So I had saw that you posted something on Instagram about like teaching 
every day for two weeks and you had two week two more weeks. And I think you posted that like the day before you got sick or like two yeah. days before. And I was thinking like, Sandy, yeah. what the fuck? I know. Like, you know, know. better. And I know. You're going to burn yourself out. <laughs> like you just. But I, I didn't feel burnt out because I'm so excited about the work I'm doing, you know, like yes. I didn't feel it. And then but my body was like, no, I can't do it anymore. Fuck you here's yeah. the ultimate fuck you now you can't talk bitch yeah you try go working with that oh, fuck <laughs> oh yeah it sucks anyway so one of the studios i work for um they're really new so they don't have like a lot of people to sub right um, and so i had to go in yesterday anyway and i had to go in on sunday uh last sunday when i first lost my voice anyway um and yeah it's just it's just so tough anyway i don't i don't know there's like there's little that you can do when people are counting on you, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you do it without music so they could hear you a little bit? Better? Oh, I just turned it way down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I demoed a lot, but <clears throat> I don't know. It feels good to move my body. It's just my throat. My, my body is literally giving me like an ultimate fuck you. Like you can do anything you want except speak. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. But <laughs> it's telling you, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Then you you tell me about the hamstrings. You do right. it. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. But yeah, we are going to talk about the hamstrings. <laughs> you don't like to talk, huh, Nat? Huh? I know. Now, oh, now I'm going to lose my voice. Okay, so we're talking about the hamstrings. <laughs> and I am really jazzed about this episode. Because I think when people think about the hamstrings and yoga, they're like, I need to stretch my hamstrings. Mm, it's very true. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So... And the reason why is because a lot of people do need to stretch their hamstrings. <laughs> like it's it's not wrong. Um, but is that like the answer is more hamstring length? Is putting your ribs on your thighs in a forward fold like better than being like at a 90 degree angle in your hips, you know? And then mm. how are you going into that posture? How are you engaging? Mm-hmm. Are you not engaging whatsoever? So – that is a, a lot – that's a huge factor in how your hamstrings are going to provide strength and hold you up and be more functional. Should we talk quickly about what the hamstrings do? Like just yeah. real quick. Where are they? What do they do? They're on the back of your thigh. Um, they extend your hip backwards. Or you, they extend your leg. No, they extend at the hip. Yeah. And bend your knee. So flex your knee. Yeah. So they pull your leg behind your butt yeah. and they bend your knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like, <coughs> sorry, it's the talking, um, a pose like Dhanurasana, laying on your belly, um, grabbing your feet and then lifting up. Um, that would theoretically work the hamstrings. Um, as well as other things uh, but the grab of the hands around the feet sometimes um, you can use your quads to get up and the resistance rather than using the hamstrings and the glutes um, but that that shape of your leg like going behind your back and then your knee bent is what the hamstrings technically do yeah that's an interesting pose we have to break that down I was just oh, like in a another one. yeah because yeah. that that's super interesting. Oh, I'm going to write it down now Let's so just don't forget. Write it down so I'll forget. Perfect. Yeah, so 
one and one of the issues with the hamstrings, and I have felt this recently getting back into a full-time position where I'm sitting, um, and a lot of people experience this, is the the hamstring tension in the sitting position, so your knee is bent, so there's some contraction there, but then your hip is flexed. So you have that 90 at the knee, 90 at the hip. So it, there's not a lot of loss of length in the hamstring muscle there. Like it's actually pretty similar length than if you straighten your hip and then straighten your knee, right? In theory, I don't know. I don't have any scientific measurement of that, but you're kind of doing two opposite movements. When you stand, you undo them, and then it's normal length. But what happens is your sitting bones, right where you let hamstring group, there's three of those muscles we'll talk about specifically in a second, but they attach to the sitting bones and you're kind of like sitting on that attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be more irritating probably depending on how literally how much flesh you have on your butt. <laughs> like yeah. How much, yeah. how much musculature, the, the lower part of your glutes, how much fat you have, like your fat pads, your butt fat is supposed to kind of protect you from this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've always had a bony butt. My mom's always told me, like when I was like, I remember when I was five or six, and I'd sit on her lap. She's like, "You have a bony butt." Oh, <laughs> so I, I don't know why. Like my fat, I got fat on my butt, but it's just not right under that spot, uh, and I can yeah. feel my sitting bones on my chair. So sitting for a while after I get up and walk around, or even if I'm getting up intermittently, like it's just all that pressure. I feel this little nagging pain in one or both of my hamstring yeah. attachments. I wonder I wonder if sitting actually causes like a little bit of blood loss because it's like it's body weight compressing into a tendinous attachment into a bone. So it's basically like you're putting pressure into this one spot um, for a long, long time and it maybe it doesn't get enough blood. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like like it does your butt ever go numb? Mm. oh i remember yeah my butt would go numb on flights oh maybe it's if, if like i strapped it's in. like if my butt goes numb it's more of a nerve thing i think mm. okay but maybe cold which could be circulation yeah um, could be. and then i'm also thinking about the the fascia in the area yeah like having yeah, for sure. that kind of local stretching of that area so it's more stretched out around the sitting bone um drying out and kind of losing its ability to contract a little bit until you get up and warm up and start whipping it around <laughs> Did just say whipping your butt around whipping your well your legs your legs <laughs> I was whipping like high kicks in the office. <laughs> the things I do in the office. Yeah, I don't have like a separated walls. So I'm like, it's definitely cubicle-esque style, although it's pretty private, but I could use a little bit more walls for doing some <laughs> random shit. <laughs> Not having anyone like judge you for like rolling your butt on the wall. People figure out pretty quickly when there's a yoga teacher in the office. Uh- <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, yeah, I think you, uh, when we talked about function, we pointed out, I guess, two functional portions of the hamstring. So one that extends the hip back and that's the portion that attaches to your sit bone because your sit bone is your hip, right? Mm -hmm. And then it extends your leg back. Um, and then the other portion is the one that bends your knee. Um, and these are not like two different muscles. They're all the same, um, general hamstring. They just have different functions. So I think a lot of people actually get the knee one really, really constricted and tight and like lack of blood flow, um, 
and because it's always bent right it's it's like chronically bent when you're sitting whereas the portion of the muscle that extends your hip back is the one that's sort of eccentrically um pulled long and dehydrated in, in, in a different way um and then you're sitting on that eccentrically pulled long muscle does it make sense mm-hmm yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people think, oh, I got to stretch my hamstrings, get my sit bones up into the air, get my chest down onto my chins and really push it. Um, <clears throat> uh, but that that might not be the portion of the hamstring that they actually want to target, um, which is what we're going we're to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important to mention, especially that emphasis on the sitting bone lift that you have in some some poses, some cues. Um, if you are already long there and a little bit tender, pulling more on that, yeah, is not gonna feel good. Yeah, um, not gonna. I haven't heard that cue in a long time, though. I think it's like starting to fall um, out of favor, which I'm really glad <clears throat> about. I would use it selectively, but not in every pose, and I would pair it with a very mindful and pointed contraction around that area in my class, also. That's how talk I would. Talk us through that. Oh, gosh. You just want me to plan a class? <laughs> no, just, just like talk us through. Like, So let's say you're in standing forward Ben Uttanasana. Um, how would you balance the butt bones way up high and not so much, not that high? Well, I'm more so <laughs> saying it. I would do them probably in two different postures. Oh, okay. So, okay, with, yeah. So within the class, like I would be speaking to like maybe I would do a bird dog where so that's hands and knees or just hands and knees with one leg extended straight back and parallel to the ground and then an emphasis to feel like you're squeezing you could do with the knee bent or not bent glutes are going to work as well that's fine so an emphasis like you're squeezing a pencil right below your butt cheek between your leg and your butt cheek and that that area the sitting bone attachment you're going to get your lower glutes and you're going to get the upper hamstring so you're really contracting there i like that yeah you can add the knee bend and pushing your foot straight up they'll go up your glutes will fire as well which is fine they're going to fire together it doesn't you have to be totally isolated and then an appropriate amount of forward bending to counter that with a specific attention to moving your sitting bones away from the back of your knee creating more length along the back of your leg and that doesn't that might not be in a straight leg um Mm. so maybe in a down dog with a bent knee so that that's kind of more specific to your hamstrings than your calves i'm trying to think about it yeah Yeah. something like that i have to feel it out and like make sure there's balance there so it's not just a class of like lifting your sitting bones lifting your sitting Mm -hmm. bones lengthening your hamstrings but like there will be things throughout you can do it in warrior kind of like the butt squeeze or some really mindful movements in like pyramid pose the parsvottanasana the way you come down into it with yeah. that wait, control. Wait, wait. Okay. We're going to we're going to go we're going to go, go there. Over we're going to go there. Each and yeah. every single one. You so, asked. Um, you asked. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's quickly just talk about the anatomy before yeah. we get into all the postures. So three muscles at the back of your legs um make up the hamstring group. We talked about this a little bit in our knee breakdown episode, the first one, part 1. And so you have the semimembranosus is the medial so that's more on the inner side of the back of your leg 
your semitendinosus, the middle, and then the one called the biceps femoris is on the outside. Actually, has two heads to it, so it's one muscle but two heads. Uh, so mm-hmm. have four attachments down and around your knee area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's perfect. Um, so in at least in my yoga background, coming from like the more Ashtanga based side of things, Vinyasa based side of things. Um, we typically in a class do more forward bends in like a typical vinyasa class considering down dog is a forward bend um we do more forward bends than back bends or work that engages the hamstrings that shortens it muscularly um so because of that there there has been some i guess debate or i don't know talk in the yoga world about how um a typical vinyasa overly stretches the hamstrings. Um, there's too many forward bends and it's not balanced for the spine or for the hamstrings. Um, <clears throat> and that's something like, like if you think about foot behind the head, that's like an extreme forward bend, right? <clears throat> your hips are so open, your hamstrings are so loose that you can literally pull the foot behind the head. Like you've come forward so much. Um, <clears throat> do we both have frogs in our throats now? Mm, mine's coming and going, but... Oh, yours is yours is full on riveting. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, so, so that being said, like there, there is like a, I guess like a reactionary subset of people who are like, oh my god, we gotta strengthen the hamstrings more. How can we strengthen them more? What can we do? Um, which I, I kind of, I agree with in my body, but I don't agree with with like everyone's body for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Especially someone that like sits at a desk. Um, for someone that sits at a desk, like laying on your back and putting a strap around your foot and just stretching passively the hamstrings can be like really, really nice. It can be a really nice release. Um, and if you balance that out with some more dynamic movement, it can be like, it could lead to like a lot of release for the hamstrings and release for the low back. Um so yeah, just putting it out there that there are people that like very anti vinyasa, not not anti vinyasa generally, but anti all the hamstring forward bends in vinyasa and want to go the other way. But I I personally don't think that's applicable to everyone. Yeah, I can speak to that in my in from my personal experience being in my body as a person who sits at a desk. My um, ability to fold forward has been reduced as I said. <laughs> so like I yeah, do want, I do want to get, and I, I'm not, I have the ability to f- do a forward fold and put my chest on my thighs when I'm very stretchy. Um, I haven't done that for a long time cause I haven't felt the need, but I, I'm looking for right now a little bit more than I have. I kind of know like what's, what's a healthy range in my body and I'm less than that currently. That being said, I do need to do some work strengthening the upper portion of my hamstrings to feel um, an increase in function. And like, mm-hmm. but it's not, it doesn't have to be like just crushing it, right? Like it, it can yeah. be pretty minor, um, mindful little things that I do in, in within my own practice. Yeah. yeah. But like something has to be there, but it's not just like all hamstring strength. So, it still is the majority length with some strength. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think it's like more of a balanced approach than just going all on one side or all the other. Like, oh, I really need to stretch my hamstrings or like, oh, I need to strengthen them. You know, it's like kind of like 
oh, you need both. Mm-hmm. Do both and like figure out what's a balance for you. Like, do you need 70% stretch, 30% strength? Like, you know, like, and it depends, right? It really depends on your history. It depends on your fascia. Yeah. I will, before we get going too much into the specifics of how we're going to talk about this stuff in asana, um, and we don't have this on our list of notes, but I was thinking so many yoga teachers or or movement teachers in general look at the hamstring as being the place of where back pain originates. So hamstring tightness, shortness will pull your pelvis into posterior pelvic tilt, which um, can, depending on the movements you're doing throughout your day, put your lower back, your lumbar spine at more risk for um, disc movement, call it bulging or whatever. Um, in, in a lot of those cases, and I'm not going to put numbers to it because science is changing and figuring out different reasons for that all the time, but there is a correlation between that and tight hamstrings and also mm-hmm. like a lack of core engagement and other things. Yeah. But so like if you Google it, you'll probably come up with an article saying like 80% of back pain is from your hamstrings. Like I've, I've read stuff like that before. Again, it could just be some blogger writing it. Uh so, but people read that stuff and they're taught that and regardless of its validity, they're like stretch the shit out of your hamstrings. And for some people, yeah, that's that's good. But again, like this obsessive, obsessive, like how far do you need to go to gain the space and movement in your lumbar spine to yeah. not create pain there? Yeah. Yeah. So I think exactly. that's that's where like the hamstring stretching obsession where it goes too far is kind uh. of originating. Oh, maybe, yeah. And especially yeah. like in a down dog, um, you're talking about lifting the sitting bones, so like the cues in down dog to like really lift your sitting bones. And I I do a little bit of that too, but I also find my midway point, like I'm not, that's not my main goal is to just like point the tip of my butt like way up mm-hmm. and like make my lumbar flat or the same shape that it would be um, in, a, in a standing normal posture. Like it's yeah. just a little bit different in my body. So I'm not going to obsessed because some people think like not to round your lower back they're like oh everyone's gonna bulge a disc if you round your lower back it's like really (laughs) not the case at all like yeah 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 that's actually a really good point that like yeah there's yeah I think there is like a fear of the rounding of the low back whereas that's like a natural human thing to do though right um and it's a natural human thing to do with weight um, mm-hmm. because we, we're supposed to be able to pick things up. So if you never do it, then you sort of make your body more fragile um, when you do it. So it's one of those things where you got, you got to like back to that whole said principle, right? Like back to our episode, <clears throat> we'll link it up in, in our show notes for today. But about progressively loading your body so that your body can be strong in every single movement in all the directions and everything you want to do. Um and yeah, and like we should be protecting that. We should be protecting our strength doing all of those things. Now, if you already have a bulging disc or a herniated disc or like a history of um, the tendency towards that, sure, we got to be more careful. Maybe we progress you like a lot slower, but it doesn't mean that you don't work towards it, right? Or that you, you get scared of moving that way. <clears throat> anyway, it's just personal. I actually did a recent um, Instagram post about uh, natural human movement that, you know, like we should be protecting our ability to do certain things that are, it's not like an exercise. It's like 
we we all as humans have the right to like reach up to the top shelf and grab something on our tippy toes Mm -hmm. and when you can't do something that's natural like that then we got to be like oh like there's a dysfunction and let's let's work through that dysfunction because that's preventing me from being a human it's yeah 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 no I totally agree with that I like I love that pose no thank you literally (laughs) literally press the little (laughs) Um, and, and I think just a tiny bit more on the lower back pain hamstring relationship, there's the emphasis put on the hamstring, um, takes away from what's happening in your core, specifically the work of the transversus abdominis. Um, yes, we love it. link that episode as well. Like how mm-hmm. you can load your lower back, um, and, and the use, like you said, you should be loading your lower back. It's fine. It's there's so much dense fascia there, like it's meant to hold. Um, yes. And the use of the transversus abdominis allows you to kind of uh, appropriately, I want to say, dissipate force. But force is not just in like in one part or at one part of your uh, spine. There, it's it's throughout all of the vertebra. So, it, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> spreads it. Spreads out. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's like a dispersed spread. Dispersed, yeah. yeah. Dispersed, dispersed <laughs> spread. So that is like a main key point if people are like lower back pain, stretch your hamstrings. Like, okay. Well, let's work on when you do lift the thing and you, you need mm-hmm. to contract this other part of your body yeah. um, and have like functional range of movement in your hip and squats and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hips. Yeah. Hips are in between the hamstring and the low back, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Anyway, so. we could go on that for forever, yeah. I feel. Yeah, I think it just <laughs> so gives get- <laughs> people like a little bit more because if they've heard like, oh, this is the way to do it. And like, that's probably mm. that's probably the why of where it comes from. And working with people with lower back pain or who have had um, disc problems, you will be in postures where you're not rounding your lower back. You will be lying on your back doing a hamstring stretch, not mm-hmm. not um, when they're in pain, you're just you're not moving the lower back yet. But that's, that's totally different than before that happens you can yeah the prevention work does not look the same as as afterwards yes okay done yeah done with that (laughs) okay so let's talk about so we wanted to split this episode into three categories um isometric eccentric and concentric so before we actually do that let's just quickly give everyone like what is isometric eccentric and concentric yeah so those words are you're talking about those with respect to how you contract your muscle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So isometric is a contraction where there's actually no movement in, in the muscle belly. So no movement on the joints on either side. Yeah. So like the bones aren't moving, the, but the muscle is contracting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like cool. you're going to pull something super heavy on the ground and it's not budging, but your whole body is like moving or, or contracting but you're not moving either think about that yep. way um concentric contraction is when you contract the muscle so you tone it and the muscle shortens yeah usually so like pulls mm-hmm. in some of the muscle bellies that we have you'll see a little bit of a actual bulge as the all the cells get closer together and they got to go outward think of like your huge biceps Oh yeah, yeah. Minor. I'm get. I'm getting there. <laughs> Never gonna break any records with these guys. But yeah, that's oh. your your bicep curl. <laughs> Think about that. That's pretty traditional. That's your concentric. So shortening. At some point, I want pictures of your arms because you have like the skinniest, lankiest arms ever. I'm working on it. 
Yeah, let's get like a picture of those biceps. I know, and I, I'm trying to get ripped, Sandy. Well, actually, <laughs> no, really? no, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing exactly what you're doing. I'm trying to build muscle tone so that I don't get osteoporosis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that is exactly what I'm doing. It's, <laughs> it's just like functional prevention and yeah. moving my body yeah. makes me feel. You should good. see what goes on in my mind every time I, I'm like. I do like 15 pound bicep curls, um, maybe twice a week. And I'm just like, like, come on, come on, humorous. You're not going to break on me. Come on, radius and all that. Like I talk to my bones. I'm like, yeah. You're at 15? Okay, I need to get to 15. What? I'm, I'm up to 17.5 now. I can do, I can do, um, I think three curls at 17.5. And then I'm like, fuck that shit. And I go back to 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, like the first yeah. time recently I was doing bicep curls. My left side, I think I was using 10s, which is fine uh-huh. for my right. Excuse me. My left, just like, it didn't even burn. It just wouldn't do it. So at a certain <laughs> point, like certain muscles, it's so funny. They don't burn. They just fail. I find that in yoga too. Yeah. It's just like, nope. That's so nope. funny. Like I'm just. That's so funny. Can't. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Then drop the weight and go slow, you know, like just build it up. I was going, five. I was going slow. Yeah. You're, oh, yeah. you poor thing. I, I really, let's do a before after picture of your biceps. Oh God. <laughs> Come on now. Well, I work out at that Orange Theory place right now. Oh, so they don't do it consistently? It's all over the place with the exercises oh. and I just do it twice a week and I can't really right. get a picture in there. Right. Like, okay. But I don't know. One day we'll see. There's some there's some kettlebells sprinkled around our house, so maybe I'll <laughs> lift them. Pump iron one day. Take some photos. My scrawny little arms. Well, think about your yeah. I think about my bones. I I really do. I do. It's important yeah. to you me. You do too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a thing. A thing that happens once you're more into your 30s. Just like the why. I mean, one of them yes. is just like energetically feeling good, the way we move our body, and the yes. other is like osteoporosis and things like that i know and right like, and like the fact that we can prevent it i don't know I just circulation find really, yeah. and hydration it's empowering yeah it's really yes, empowering totally the science has given us so much yeah anyway okay <laughs> eccentric contraction do you want to go do you want to do it sure so eccentric okay. contraction is basically the muscle lengthening but also working um, as it lengthens so in a bicep curl concentric will be when you're curling your hand towards your shoulder and you're curling it up and the muscle shortens and it pulls the two bones together and then eccentric is when it's when you're lowering down really really slowly and the muscle is going back to its longer state state but it's still working against gravity it's still working against the weight to do it really slowly and uh, carefully <clears throat> yeah that's eccentric eccentric also i think Mm, did we cover this when we did our osteoporosis? Anyway, so what I'm thinking is eccentric because you have more length times weight on where your tendon attaches to your bone, that it will pull more on your bone. And that's potentially going to have a greater effect to strengthen the bone because your bones strengthen when things are pulled on them. Yeah, I think it's actually – I'm not sure – about that which makes total sense to me but also um there's a lot of literature in exercise science about eccentric um phase of exercise because you you have to do both right you lift and you lower yeah um so the eccentric phase of exercise is what gives you more of the muscle soreness and what gives you more of um muscle building um so 
if you were to focus, so a lot of weight trainers, when you want to build muscle, which both you and I want to do, or at least keep what we have, um, <clears throat> you focus on maybe like a one, two, three, pulling it in, and then lowering the weight back down, you go like six, five, four, three, two, one, and you go really nice and slow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you should give that a go. It, it Yeah, it burns. It burns like hell. Mm, okay. <laughs> with 15s? That's what you do with um, your 15s? No, I. You're cheating. It, you're going. D- it depends. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Come on, you should be able to do fifty. Okay, let's. We'll make it a challenge. Next episode, I'll I'll check in with you. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> okay, and yeah. the cool thing about yoga is when you. There's so many ways to do all of these different things. Oh my god, yeah, yoga's so cool because. Yeah, we incorporate so many of these like um, types of of holding, you know? Yeah. And when you get really mindful about especially transitions, how you're moving from one pose to another and how you like lift up into a pose, you can be working, especially the hamstrings, like crazy in mm. ways that you don't usually think that you are. Um, and then you can also not think about them and just kind of step here and there and have a lot less engagement work your body can be lazy as fuck and just use the minimal mm-hmm. amount of musculature to get somewhere or you can really engage fully around the joint mm-hmm. so um that's kind of the part of the mindfulness thing is checking in with your body and, and how it's cheating or or supporting you yeah and cheating so is like it sounds bad but like your body is just smart it's like i'm not going to use that energy i'm got to I, yeah. it still thinks it has yeah. to go like chase a deer later which is not a thing <laughs> it's always conserving chase a deer well to get your food but you're like no it's, it's fine i'm gonna order in don't worry about it all righty <laughs> okay um <laughs> Your muscles know that you're going to order it. They know it. No, you know in your brain, but your your muscles are like, do I have to do this? And you're like, you have nothing to do later. Like literally. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we got this, guys. Let's let's go. (laughs) Okay, let's let's go with isometric. (laughs) All right. Now I'm thinking about food. No, I'm not ordering in. I'm not ordering in. Okay, so with a with specifically to the hamstrings. Um okay, one thing we don't have written down our little notepad. Isometrically, I like to practice contraction of the hamstrings standing in Tadasana. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that is an area like you're in a neutral posture. I'm trying to think what muscles really engage. If you're just standing there like loosely, again, minimal muscles are gonna engage to keep you upright. Your back is like keeping everything from your pelvis upward. And then your quads and some other your hamstrings have to contract. But if to get the like a really like strong, more than normal contraction, I think of like sucking or kind of like pulling the outside of my knee up towards my inner and outer thigh, like up towards my hip. So it's like, you know, when you put on like skinny jeans or well, I guess leg like yoga pants, leggings, <laughs> and you're like uh, these don't go that tight around your upper thigh. But anyways, imagine just pulling something super tight on your upper thigh, like all the way up. Like imagine your skin like pulling up. Imagine your fascia pulling up and then your hamstrings pulling all the way up. So it's like this lift that you'll feel more kind of in the tendons in the back of your knee and the sides of your knee. 
Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard to feel the tone in your hamstring and you'll have to probably tone your glutes a little bit, but without moving your pelvis actually too much at all, you're trying to get your sitting bone down towards the back of your knee and the back of your knee up towards your sitting bone. I like that. Um, I took a workshop with Cecily Milne from the Yoga Detour. Oh, yeah. Um, she's really, really good if anyone in Toronto wants to study with her. She's over at Downward Dog Yoga. Um, so she does uh, something like that that just like popped into my mind where you're standing in Tadasana, but you want to feel that isometric. So no no movement of your bones, but the muscles on mm-hmm. and isometric toning of your hamstrings. And she says, it's almost like you want to smear the gum off the back of your shoe or off your shoe. So you'll do that for a bit. Like you'll kick your foot back. You'll kick your foot back. You'll, you'll extend at the hip and bend at the knee, right? To get gum off your shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, some resistance, like some imaginary resistance, and then just stand there in Tadasana and imagine like you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So getting that, that awareness and if when you're teaching anything, if you can get a little bit of awareness in Tadasana, it's a really nice place to always bring people back to. Um, mm-hmm. and then they can get there in a more simple posture because sometimes it's really hard to remember what the hell's going on when you're doing something that's involving a twist or a backbend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, that's a simple posture is nice. And then same flat posture, but lying on the ground. I really like this one. And this is kind of nice if you're starting your class with warm-up, like supine warm-up on your back, just Mm -hmm. whatever you like to do, all the joints and all that, lubing up, Um, (laughs) which I like too. Um, So keeping, again, your legs down flat, you're going to flex. Wait, legs straight? Straight. Straight on the ground. The whole back of your body is on the ground. Yeah. Flex your ankle so that you're – it looks like you're standing on the ground if you were just to tilt yourself up 90 degrees. So your feet are – the soles of your feet are vertical. Mm -hmm. And then push – you push down through your heels and also push down kind of through your ankles and your calves. Depending Mm -hmm. how much space you have, the back of your calf and the size of your calf, you might have full contact in the floor. You might not. It doesn't matter. But just push your ankles and your calves down. And you're trying to – just like lighten the weight of your pelvis on the ground, the flesh of your bum. Shouldn't You shouldn't mm-hmm. like get space there. You're just lifting. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Also trying to keep your pelvis neutral. So your pelvis will want to yeah. posteriorly tilt as you contract your hamstrings. Yeah. Uh, so try and keep it from not m- moving around too much. Yeah. 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 I like that. It, it can yeah. be like intense. And if you are a little bit weaker you might get a cramp but so so it's like you go into it just to get some awareness and i don't know in that muscle and then you can tie it in later if you wanted to really hammer people (laughs) yeah yeah but that's a that's Um, a good simple one that's a really good one and then i like that you you like really just a little bit bend into the knee because that would really really get those hamstrings yeah just like the tiniest little bit yeah, yeah. So you want to make sure your knee, if you're like me, like floppy knees that can hyperextend a little bit, like you're mm-hmm. you're keeping that tone. And I think about the sides of the knees because that really just helps engage everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the hamstring tendons connect kind of on the inner and outer sides. Mm-hmm. So that's keeping that yeah. little bend. Yeah. Um, not a huge bend, just a little bit. Yeah, that one sounds like a burner. And then oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. I like it. So moving into more traditional, well, Tadasana is traditional, of course, but into our fairly traditional postures what are you looking for what are some postures that you would look at for isometric 
So another one that we could look at is one-legged dog um, is also another isometric exercise. Um, so regular old down dog, and then you just slowly lift one leg up towards the ceiling. Um, and this is where all that prep that we talked about before, like Tadasana or laying on your back, can be really helpful because you can sort of ask the students to imagine like your so your one leg is up towards the ceiling let's say it's your right leg that's straightened up towards the ceiling um you can cue like that tiny little micro bend in the knee and then kicking up into the ceiling as though you were kicking into the ground and you want to kick it away from your your legs or kick it away from the the ground um yeah i would add on to that just to really get the back of your hip so hamstring and your glutes are going to work as well to keep your pelvis more squared to the ground for for this yes 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 yes, yes yes so when you do do that when you open the hip and do that rotation you're gonna really cue into the glutes and external rotators specifically mm-hmm. um and usually when we do that well you can practice i like practicing that with a straight leg too that's fine but if you bend the knee then you're really glutes uh so keeping your hips square you can have that hip square cue whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and legs super straight and almost like a like a lengthening through that leg mm-hmm. like a pushing through your heel um and the movement of having your foot on the ground so you're in a hip hinge there your inflection of the hip when you start and bringing your legs straight up until your leg is maybe parallel with your body or in line with your body so that is your concentric contraction to get there and then that kind of holding is actually an isometric because you're holding it in that postural line so when you're thinking of the isometric contractions it's like, what postures have your leg and your torso in the same line with your knee straight? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And yeah. not not moving. So what's what's going to exercise us here in the yoga con? Because we don't have weights in yoga, uh, mostly. Mm-hmm. It's just body weight, right? So it's the holding, especially if you have really strong legs. Um, it's the holding and the awareness of it because it's not... Um, it's not as easy to feel as a concentric exercise. Concentric, you can like, yeah, I can really feel my um, biceps burning as I pull my hand in with that, you know, 15 mm-hmm. pound weight. With this, it's more like I'm trying to hold it straight and just hold it there. And yeah, it's body weight. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one for isometric. So um, bird dog, which I mentioned before. Uh, so on your hands and knees, stretch one leg back straight so you're again torso upper leg and lower leg all in Mm -hmm. one line yeah that's your isometric contraction um yeah i think that's that's all i gotta say about that it's basically the same as like um one-legged down dog right it's really similar yeah totally um maybe a little more accessible depending on the people you're teaching so yes Yes. These are pretty simple postures. Yeah. You don't, the thing about this, you don't have to make it too complex. Like this stuff is very accessible <laughs> for everyone, which is what I love. Um, have you ever tried um, for our next one, like a three-legged dog feeling the hamstring of the lifted leg pressing up towards the ceiling, that like push, that lengthening you're talking about through the heel, and then walking your hands back and lifting your chest up into warrior three? Okay, so sorry, say that again. So three like a dog with one leg lifted up, yeah? Oh, okay, Hips from dog, square, yeah, I still... And then you walk your hands backwards towards a standing leg and then slowly lift the torso up using the pull of your back body um, until you're in warrior three. No, I haven't done that transition, oh, but I like it. It is brutal. 
I've done like a forward step forward, like more from a lunge transition to warrior three. Mm. That, that is awesome. <laughs> it, and it, uh, yeah, I really like that. It's going to be more difficult for people with shorter hamstrings yes, in general and longer legs for yeah for the standing leg. But you can bend a, it, a, yeah, bend bend the knee, bend the knee as much as you need to. That's totally fine. Super challenging. The cue I would oh, think there like is like you know when you were laying on your back and kicking your heel up to the ceiling, like use the mm-hmm. top leg kicking up to the ceiling to pull the chest up. So you're using your hamstrings mm-hmm. and your glutes to pull the chest up. You're not like rolling your spine up. You're pulling yourself up. Um, and that's yeah. one way to use the hamstrings as well. Yeah. And think of the pull as like a whole torso, like pulling from the rib cage. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So that it like slides upward in space instead of just back bending. Because the more you back bend. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fine to do that shape but if you're focusing on the hamstrings you want to take less work out of the lower erectors and and glutes so yeah you don't want to use your low back to pull you up you want to use your leg kicking up into the ceiling to pull you up yeah it's good yeah and for people who have to bend the standing leg then they're it's kind of helpful actually to do that a little bit just to help the engagement of all the hip stability muscles as well and your quads Mm -hmm. are going to push you up like you're going from a little bent knee to like elevator yourself up in space yeah yeah super functional yeah. like it's, it is still a simple posture yeah again yeah. um quite accessible for most groups i would say that's yeah like doing that really really slowly a few times is a great isometric uh, hamstring exercise i like it yeah so the holding of that lifted leg is that is isometric yeah. um oh, i like it yeah so warrior three in general any way that you do get into it and you're holding it that is isometric contraction for the hamstrings yeah um, I think that's all we'll say for now, but you guys can think of, yeah, any postures that just have your legs straight in line with your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you, would you, would you then be teaching, like if you had a, a, a class that was taught specifically for awareness of the hamstrings, would you be teaching isometric, some isometrics first and then some eccentrics and concentrics? Um, or are you just going to sprinkle them around? I think you can sprinkle them. Yeah. Yeah. It might be it might be easier, more accessible for your muscle tissues to do some concentric first, like to actually get the muscles moving and mm-hmm. sliding upon uh past one another yeah. before they just hold. Yeah, it's Because if there's some sticky bits in there, it's hard for them to contract yeah. in general. Even even without the movement, it just is hard to turn on. So getting like, yeah, a little bit of movement of all of your joints and your muscles warmed up you could also argue the other way especially like the isometric laying on your back and just kicking your heels straight down like that one's pretty it's like no loading um that's true yeah it's pretty gentle and you don't have to do it like a hundred percent you know like even if you just held that for like a minute at like 50 percent kicking down that's that's still you'd still get blood flowing I don't know. Yeah. You could argue both like, well, ways, yeah. I'd say. Well, like you said, because it's not loaded. Yeah. It's it's a little bit different yeah. than asking, you know, hold your leg up in space straight, like first pose. Yeah. <laughs> Warrior three. Oh. 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 No one comes back to your class. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's so mean. Oh. Bird dog, a little bit more accessible, but still might get some grouchy faces. Who knows? Yeah. Depending how long you hold it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go to eccentric. Okay. Eccentric is cool because I think there's so much opportunity in flow classes to use eccentric contraction. Love it. Mm -hmm. So anytime 
Anytime you are moving into a forward fold, essentially, especially from standing, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to really work eccentric contraction. Yeah. Um, and so forward fold, you could be standing forward fold, Uttanasana, moving from Tadasana to Uttanasana, and you can move more slowly, like you can count it if you're a counting teacher, or you can just really set the pace to to go slowly and with a little bit of a a knee bend in there for bodies that can't touch their ribs to their thighs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I mentioned it briefly before pyramid pose, Parsvottanasana Mm -hmm. flowing in and out of that one. Um, And I would, with both of those postures, I would say like there are the practices to reach your arms by your ears, like straight arms by your head for more, quote unquote advanced <laughs> practices yeah. but it, it's it, it is an advanced and like i just want people to know that that just loads your lower back a ton and loads your hamstrings a ton so practice this stuff to start like hands on your hips or hands together in front of your chest if you like that mm-hmm. take your arms out of the out of the scenario so the loading is less when you start to yeah really move with control and eccentric contraction yeah i think that's key like loading with no load effort like loading just with like the torso weight um Mm -hmm. so that you know what you're supposed to feel and then as long as you once you can check that box like okay i know i'm supposed to feel this slow lowering of my torso down into pyramid pose like let's say i'm standing i'm going to prepare for pyramid pose and i'm going to slowly bring my chest down but i'm going to do it by you know engaging the legs pulling back through those heels and then lower the chest super slowly as my hamstrings lengthen because my chest is coming down um once you can check that box of like okay i can feel this in my hamstrings that's when you can sort of be like okay let's load it a little bit how about arms sideways almost like an airplane or cactus so that's Mm -hmm. less load because it's not fully over your head and then once you can like still feel it in the hamstrings then then you can load it with the arms maybe a little bit more over your head and then a little bit more over your head a little bit more over your head but like I, I would say like there I would address the classes like you're only allowed to do this number one if you don't have like the history of low back pain or the history of low back pains really long time ago and you're healed and number two that you can feel this where I want you to feel this if you feel this in your low back you're not getting my exercise you're not getting this um point that I want to make mm-hmm. and that's going to be really hard for people with super tight hamstrings to stay out of the lower back yeah yeah that's why so, no load yeah or body weight yeah. load first yeah and like th- this can be super simple and effective like we start a lot of practices with sun salutations or even not moving into the sun salutation like um I'm trying to think Sorry, my brain stalling. Just like little <laughs> flows at the, at the top of your mat and like seeing them in space, like chair pose and then standing all the way up, reaching your arms up. What is that called? Arda? I'm just like blanking. I don't know what you're talking just about. <laughs> standing straight up on your mat, reaching your arms up. Oh, Urdhva Hastasana, upward hands. Hastasana, yeah. yeah. Urdhva, not Arda. Yeah, Urdhva Hastasana and then forward fold and then chair and then you can like do those little Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. flows yeah. so if like, i like to do those sometimes those are nice That's or just nice. like when i'm practicing at home like those little four tadasana and then standing and then folding and then chair something mm-hmm. like that so you can you can work it but say just standing tadasana hands on your hips mm-hmm. 
fold forward, like keeping your back flat so then it, you're staying out of the load of your lower back as much as possible, mm-hmm. just to tark out the hamstrings. And you're going to hinge at the hips. So start to fold forward until it feels like your back can't stay flat anymore. Yep. Then take more of a bend in the knees oh, until yeah. m- maybe you get like your torso parallel to the ground. Then don't go all the way, stay there. And then a really mindful concentric contraction to come all the way back yeah, up slow. Nice. Yeah. So slow lowering... And if you want to do, if you want to practice eccentric more, you can lower more slowly. So like four counts yeah, and then two counts come up or yeah, something Yeah, which is like what that. we're talking about with like the eccentric, concentric. They sort of, they're, they're like they're t- the two halves of the same coin, right? Like you have to do both. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's great. If you're moving it out. And that's, and when you, when you keep your lower back kind of out of the game and it's like, okay, like wherever your hamstrings stop and then your back starts to bend. We're just going to stay there and bend your knees more so that you're kind of at your maximum hamstring length in that functional shape. Yeah. For the eccentric phase of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Super like really accessible again. Like you could do this with all body types. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a teacher yesterday that did it with one leg hovering the exact same thing you're talking about so lowering down really really slow i think it was six down three up like as a count mm-hmm. so six down is the eccentric three up is a concentric um and then she she was like okay do it with both feet down feel it in your hamstrings feel it in the back body like especially your glutes because they're going to work too um and then she's like yeah if you want more load you hover one leg and i'm like oh this is genius um and you just hover it right beside the other leg so you're not like kicking it forward or back you're just hovering it and then lowering mm-hmm. down as far as that hamstring allows you to and and i didn't hit i didn't hit parallel with the ground i think yeah it's pretty difficult yeah it is <laughs> to actually like do that functionally like we can do it we can like gravity take us and yeah you know, yeah sitting on the ground stuff but oh that's nice I like that yeah yeah I've never tried that before until she showed me and I'm like oh man this is good it's juicy it's nice to get experience doing it with one leg at a time because we will have a stronger side oh that's true yeah one side hamstring yeah glute. yeah so that's where like where the pyramid pose thing comes in exactly the same as I was talking about in the forward fold hands at your hips straight legs hinge at your hips forward um you can do it until you have a flat back and come up or you can, we've practiced before you go as far as you can with the flat back and then you can let your spine round and have it be a little bit more restorative as you come in. Yeah. But to your for, fold. yeah, but for the purposes of like just hamstring, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would do that. I would think I would stay with just keep the back flat and then come up concentric yeah. or down eccentric, you know, I might do it at like towards the end of a class, mm, depending yeah. on the pace of the class, just to, slow things down and still have that tie-in yeah um yeah I can but see that. not not in the middle or the beginning yeah yeah yeah, yeah just it's to just keep... to like drive your point it's like creating a thesis right <laughs> like yeah. here's my thesis here's the point I want to make I want to like keep working on making the point before I fully let it go yeah, yeah. all right do we put the nail in that coffin I hope people I think understand <laughs> I think there's there's on there's honestly so many more postures but <clears throat> starting this stuff in in the more simple postures is going to be most effective and you're going to keep people's attention with just the simplicity of it when you're introducing something a little bit new yeah I think let's go to concentric quickly and just finish off with like a few concentric so concentric is um just to review it's like using the muscle as it 
in a textbook would say this is the function of it so the muscle like a bicep in your arm will pull your hand closer to the shoulder um Mm -hmm. so your hamstrings will number one extend your hip and number two bend into your knee so we're looking for those actions within a yoga practice Mm -hmm. okay i have a couple that i'm big freaking fans of okay um (laughs) this one um that i used to put into my flows my corporate classes they loved this it's pretty functional as well so just standing at the top of your mat bring one knee into your chest so in this position your hamstring is longer near the sitting bone um and you're just going to have your hands on your hips and kind of squeeze your knee into your chest as much as you can that's your start position that's not the that's not the actual work and then keeping everything upright lower your knee towards the ground so you you come into hip extension but your knee stays bent your heel specifically squeezes towards your bum or the back of your thigh Mm. so you're really flexed in the knee as much as you can as you extend your hip i love it so your thigh might come parallel with the other one might come right beside or it might your knee might move backwards a little bit if you can do so without really moving your pelvis again Mm. keeping your pelvis in check i love so yeah as you bring your knee down Mm -hmm. you're going to feel the back of your hamstring kick on because you have that knee flexion in place yeah and then you're extending at the hip and then you just like move in and out of that slowly with like yeah with really attention on that contraction as you move back It, it like it seems so simple and if you're sitting there thinking about it you're like oh yeah you're just watching yourself move your leg in space and then you go to do it and you're like holy yeah. shit <laughs> no, no no like i would i would say it like okay so squeeze your knee into your chest start position imagine like i slipped a piece of paper in your knee like yeah. a, a flat piece of paper in your knee your job is to hold that piece of paper and then start to bring your knees to tap together without yeah. losing the piece of paper yeah and mm-hmm. i just play that game <laughs> like yeah that's great totally I love it yeah a really functional thing if you're threading all of this stuff together is start in that position, lower the knee like we said, and then hinge at the standing leg hip coming to oh, warrior three. Oh, coming to warrior three yeah. with your lifted leg, your heel still squeezing into your bum, mm. and then eccentrically contract your leg. So really, it's not that big of an eccentric contraction because gravity is not working on your lower leg that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can really mindfully and with a ton of awareness um, straighten that lifted leg. Yeah. And then bend it again in towards your heel. Yeah. Come upright. Bring your knee all the way into your chest. So like oh, serious, serious work. Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. as you – okay, one more note. As you hinge from standing to warrior three, that's eccentric contraction on the standing leg. Yeah, glute and hamstring. Yeah. yeah, glute and hamstring big time. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm really passionate about that. <laughs> Feel that one. I love that one. That one's so good. I bet you could even do it with like a little strap, like the tip of a strap, and just like let the buckle end loose and then just slip the strap behind the knee, squeeze it, and then mm-hmm. go back, you know, back and yeah. forth a few times. And then their job is just to hold on to that tip of the strap. That's it. That'd be so good. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to use it. And then the other one, one, don't do, please do. You have to. I'm not teaching at this moment. So like, please give people. (laughs) So it's up to us, guys. It's up to the yoga addiction. Yeah. (laughs) Use it. And and I had really good feedback from my students Mm. that the next next week they were like, that was so good. I've like never felt like that. Yeah. My leg. Um, Similar, very similar movement. So you guys will understand this. Down dog, 
you know how we do down dog and you bring your knee into your chest and you come into plank or you can tap your triceps, tap your elbows. So just bringing your knee into your chest, staying in your plank. Again, with the attention to squeeze your heel towards your bum, mm. you you come back into your dog, but don't let your knee straighten, but you lift your leg just like you would if you're in one-legged dog. Yeah. yeah and then I again, like curl forward, squeeze your knee to your chest, heel yeah. stays towards your bum the whole time, extend up and back. I like and that that's, one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's glutes too, but you'll feel both with the knee bend. The knee bend is key to really specifically isolate the the hamstring or really yeah. turn it on well i like that one too because it, it'll really challenge especially in a plank it's going to challenge your core to maintain a neutral spine as your hamstrings are attempting to pull your pelvis at least that one side pelvis into posterior so mm-hmm. yeah i really like that one because then your core is challenged so much more functionally it's great and i just get so bored of like you know we came up with all these things because we're bored (laughs) i just have every yoga teacher experiences something it's like okay i have it's true like oh i need to you see that your class like if you're in a class that's labeled vinyasa and people aren't as warm as they need to be to go into something um whether they want to be sweating or not but just like you need more body warmth to Mm. lube the joints and all that fascia and stuff right so you're like okay i'm going to put a couple of these and like bring your knee to your chest come to plank one-legged dog tap the opposite elbow one-legged dog and it's like boring after a while right (laughs) um do you ever well I guess you don't teach anymore but I was chatting with like many years ago I was chatting with another yoga teacher about how we're both like yeah sometimes you hit a rut you know like you hit a rut in the things that you teach and you're always teaching the same things and even though like the message is still important it it just feels like you're teaching the same message again and again um so I was I told him like your challenge is to teach a class with no lunges oh yeah not even as a transition it's like fuck that's hard that's really hard I've had to, like, when I did my 500-hour, we had to plan a class with no down dog. I think that's easier than no lunges. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't know if I like it, Sandy. (laughs) Well, I would have a hard time. I love lunges. Yeah, it would be a class with absolutely no, um, like, uh, asymmetry. Mm-hmm. right and that's like so difficult well so are you categorizing like even the warriors into the lunges yeah or that's like, a lunge okay yeah. it is a lunge but like it's, it's not called a lunge on paper <laughs> all it would be that class would just be like pure planks goddess pose i don't know standing forward bend back bends with your legs together <laughs> a lot of standing postures yeah that's true yeah. because a standing posture isn't a lunge that's true that's interesting, eh? Mm-hmm. You anyway. could do you could do it. Some yeah, you could do it, there. but it it'd be hard. Yeah. You'd have to really think it through. Okay. Um okay. let's just do one more for concentric. Okay. Do you want to do it since I did it? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> so I like using um, tabletop because you can really feel what we're, we're talking about here. Um, so you either put a block or a ball, like a nice squishy ball, into the hamstring. So in the bend of the knee, hold on to it with your hamstring muscles. Your calf muscles will hold on a little bit as well. Um, and then you can uh, do a ton of things there. You can either just stay in like a three-legged tabletop. You can find balance there. You can pull knee to nose in tabletop. Um, yeah, you can do a whole bunch of things. You can pulse and get your glutes to turn on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I'm pretty passionate about the hamstrings. 
I think a lot of yoga people have like a lot of opinions about the hamstrings. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. Like they are yeah. one of the most felt muscle groups in your body. Yeah. People take a yoga class, first thing they do, or one of commonly fold forward and they're like, holy shit. And then it gets overdone. There's tons of injury. Yeah, there can be. Yeah, There can be a lot of hamstring. I've had one friend um she might be listening she told me that she popped her hamstring one of the hamstrings like right off the sitting bone oh in transition from um side angle to to triangle side angle to triangle oh straightening out that knee yeah oh that's yeah. nasty so and i think she is more flexible oh um, yeah, yeah. So the cues are slower, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if she's more flexible because she's been doing yoga. She had been doing yoga for a long time, or if that's just she's a little more flexible of a person. But I've always like watched that transition since and been like, yeah, that's it's dicey. That's dicey. That could be dicey. Yeah. That could be yeah, really something you teach to one group and not to another. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Been really exactly. Mi- mindful of that stuff. Yeah, I don't think I, I've taught that in a really long time. Yeah, so if people aren't understanding that, it's like you're going from a bent knee, your pelvis is in the same position, and then, oh, I'm trying to think of it now. Yeah, as you straighten your, your knee, mm-hmm. you're putting more tension on your hamstring, but your pelvis stays the same. So a lot of that that pull, that load goes right into, right your, into the hip. Right into the hip, right into your sitting bone where it attaches. Yeah, and it's exactly. just like this pop. And she said she just fell over, I think. So how has she healed it? It was a long time ago. I talked to her about this. She um, when I was teaching yoga in a mining camp when I worked up there. Oh, and she so was this telling, was a long time ago. Yeah. long time ago, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know if I asked her. She had recovered. She was doing yoga, but I think it sucked for a long time, she said. Oh, I bet. And her teacher was like freaked out and... Yeah. Everyone in the class. It was in a it was in a normal class. Yeah, that's too bad. I feel so bad for her. I think mm-hmm. yeah. I think focusing on hamstrings in a yoga class would would give you enough um material to teach probably like three months <laughs> of yeah. yoga classes. Yeah. There's so many different ways to engage them. Yeah. It's hard to like demonize the transition, like when something like that happens. But I mean, because you know, we have transitions where people do them for 10 years and then all of a sudden something gives so yeah um if you're always it's just the thing is if if you're practicing that transition class over class at some point you're gonna need to put some more tension back into that area Mm -hmm. i think that's what's really important is that balance between flexibility and tension which is one of our things yeah well we we (laughs) sort of discussed it earlier like um Mm -hmm. How much do you strengthen it concentrically and how much do you allow passive stretching, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I, like uh, just repeating our opinions earlier, just it's so individual that um, and it's so it changes day to day hormonal status. Um, all sorts of things will will change that ratio of how much strength versus passive stretch. Um yeah, yeah. It just, it's hard to say like a blanket statement for everyone. Totally. You change your job, you, you're sitting yeah, more. <laughs> There's a lot more weakness in that area than before. And yeah, you need to yeah be aware as a whole. So yeah, as yoga teachers, if we're 
all kind of aware of bodies being in different shapes for different amounts of times all through the day, it's going to look different in their practice and they're going to yeah. need, need different things. Yeah. Yeah. And what we offer has to sort of address those things, right? Like, oh, if you're feeling, you know, like give them that option, you mm-hmm. know, to, to passively stretch or to not passively stretch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're about to lose your voice. So yeah, I think you can we should go. <laughs> All right, guys, it was lovely chatting. Um, and I guess we'll we'll talk soon. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Nat and Sandy Yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Uh, do that thing. <laughs> um, on this episode, we'll post for Instagram. And then if you guys have any comments about the hamstrings, any experiences with injury, or maybe some other things that sparked your neuron while we were listening to us about how you practice hamstring contraction in different ways, we would really love to hear because obviously we're huge nerds and that's great stuff for us. Yay. Okay. All right. right. Thanks. Bye. Bye guys.